So you got the best tuner, one of the best riders, eight-time champ. And then you have Briar, who is literally, say I'm biased because my brother-in-law, but he is the most talented dirt tracker, all-around rider I think I've ever seen. Um, Ricky Graham, and you know they, he was phenomenally talented as well, but as well-rounded as Briar is, he's unreal. And they're they're doing everything they can. You take those two out of the picture, nobody, rider or motorcycle, is really even close to the essence in riders. Episode 150, Tank Slot and Podcast. Big rewind job coming at you guys. The Rasselcock Rewind, other side of the mic, Washington. Uh, I was going to say native, but you're not. You're not a native. Washington resident, Eric Hartley. What's good, man? Not too much. Not too much. Just uh, ready to talk about wrestling Cox. Rasselcock Rewind on deck, man. And man, it pretty much went according to plan, really, <laughs> as far as the racing goes and everything else. But We'll get into all that here in a bit. I want to make sure we shout out these sponsors and make it happen. If you can support them, reach out to them, tell them your listeners of Tank Slot and Podcast, and you appreciate their support. Honestly, this is not a money making thing for us at all. Uh, pretty much all the all the um, support we get from sponsors goes to Billy, our editor, and paying for the SoundCloud apps and the hosting and everything else just to keep this going. So make sure you thank these sponsors that help it help out and make it possible. Mission Foods, total sponsor of the podcast. Appreciate everything they do for the sport in general. If you can go out and support them, buy some products. If you don't have them at your local grocery store, you can get them online. Bell Power Sports, check out bell, bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. I wear the Race Star Flex. Quality and safety is unmatched. If you, if you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side by side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Had coffee, man. I'm a little, little wiry and shaky right now. I was a little fumbly on those words there, but we'll take a deep breath. We'll calm it down and we'll get going on this rewind. Ah, what do you think, dude? I mean, Castle Rock, it's, uh, it's, uh, your home race, man. Yeah. I, overall, um, uh, it's a great vibe. It's a good stop on the, uh, the tour. Um, it's no secret that uh, I'm a big fan of last year's promoter and how it all went down this year uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, but I still love the track and it's a great event. Um, but sure. overall, I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a B. We can kind of dive into uh, the specifics there, but what about you? Yeah, I sat down and watched every bit of it, honestly, and it was pretty much how I thought it was going to go. I mean, I've said all year that track is it's a lot of fun to race, but it's not super awesome to race on. Like it's fun to ride, not fun to race mainly just because it's, it's so hard to pass on. I mean, it is, um, most of these TTs are harder to pass on than the ovals. And you would think it would be the opposite because you throw a front brake on, you throw a right-hander in the mix, a jump, but it just kind of one lines the, the, the racing. It's uh it's really tough to pass a castle rock, I have a lot of really cool memories from that facility. I posted on my Facebook page uh, the other day. I think I think the day of the race, just my first ever trip without my dad was out to Sturgis Bike Week, 
and Castle Rock. I went out with a buddy of mine, Doug Reinert, who unfortunately passed away. If uh, it's been more than a few years back, and I'm in a motorcycle accident on the street. But Doug was a really cool, quiet guy from a uh, pro sport rider from Pennsylvania, and I was out at a race in Iowa with my dad, and basically just hopped in his rusted out van and learn the, you know, living the dream of a dirt tracker, you know, growing up, it's no surprise. I was a little bit privileged. I had a a dad, a family, we owned a Harley Davidson dealership. And I always just kind of would hop in the motorhome and go to sleep and wake up at the racetrack. And dog, you know, that trip was my first dose of like, that van had no air condition. He made me drive. <laughs> I, you know, I had to, I, I, I learned quick what the dirt track dream was all about. And I'm really grateful for that trip because it taught me so much about being on my own and kind of learning the roots a little bit. And my dad, you know, it was cool that my dad let me do that, but yeah, I went out there at Castle Rock. I, I got second and third when I went out there in the invitational races, which was really cool. Cause I was the only East coast rider out there. There was probably about 18 West coast, Washington riders. And I put it on the box both days and really cool experience. Um, <clears throat> I really like Castle Rock. I, I went out there last year and got the race, got my first and only, podium on a TT. And that was a cool experience. So yeah, a lot of memories with Castle Rock, but, uh, they mentioned they changed the track, Eric, and I didn't really yep. see it too much. I mean, it looked like they moved the jump like slightly down the, so down the, the straightaway, thing. but I didn't notice much besides the, the switchback, <clears throat> the turn one, when you dip into the switchback, that looked tighter and the jump was slightly farther down, but it wasn't really that noticeable. Yeah, so I went back and looked at last year's um, layout, and the big thing was is that sweep coming down into the corner. Like, the entry into the infield was, like, further down into the corner. So riders were definitely able to, you know, really utilize the, you know, the the, uh, the front stretch and swing it back in there. But um, I kind of – yeah, I, I – that switch back to the jump – I. I don't know. I, I'm not someone that necessarily knows how planning goes when it comes to this stuff. But if it was almost like if they could have mixed mixed last year's layout with this one, I thought it would have been fantastic. Um, last year, I liked the the gnarly switch back to the jump. But this year, I kind of liked the longer sweep into the infield. Um, I don't know. I la This year's jump was more aggressive than last year's. Um, but I don't know. I still think, uh, and I, I'm probably going to be in the minority on this, but so far uh, this year, my favorite TT has been actually Arizona, which I never thought that would be the case, but I thought that was the best uh, TT to watch. You saw the most uh, passing, the, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was very subtle changes. It was like, they wanted to change something, but they didn't want to go crazy. And then it ended up being like, was it worth all that extra work to change it when it really didn't make much of a difference? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fine. The tracks, it's good. It's, it's not, it, there's multiple ways to describe a quote unquote good racetrack. There's one way, you know, like for instance, Castle Rock, it's not bumpy. It's not rough. The yep. dirt's really, yep. it's well put together. It, the weather out there helps for sure with track prep. I think in the summer, it's not overly hot and, you know, things like mm -hmm. that, but there's also, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to pass. I mean, it's just not a very good racetrack to watch as far as racing goes. And honestly, I heard multiple things where fans were like, they were pumped on the race and it just depends on what you like. I mean, we'll talk about the singles main here in a bit, but 
it was basically a parade route out there, but there was a lot of pressure behind the the eventual winner, Trevor Bruner. And I guess that was, I don't know, you put you on the edge of your seat a little bit, wondering who was going to slice each other off and possibly cause some chaos, but it just did never happened. And for me, I was just predictable. I just, I didn't, I, I knew nothing was going to happen. And it it didn't. So that was just, I don't know. There's multiple ways to look at what, a, what makes a good racetrack and what makes good racing. It's very, you know, it's, it's opinion, opinionated, opin. Ooh, that's yeah. tough. Opinionated, 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 um, opinionated whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. I ain't trying again, but yeah, it's, it just, I just depends what you're looking for, but overall it was, it's fun to watch just because it, it puts so much emphasis on the whole shot, Eric. I mean, the, the most, I was stressed <laughs> out, just, I was stressed out for the riders just watching the start. Cause I was out there last year and, and to be honest, like once Jesse had his mistake, um, I felt like I could have won that race. Uh, he was faster than me, but besides Jesse, I thought I had that race covered <laughs> and I just couldn't, I couldn't get off the line last year. And that part of castle rock is so important, so stressful. And I did a little, you know, how in supercross they do like keys to the race. And mine was yeah. very simple. Whole shot. Don't fuck up. <laughs> um, yep. you know, so do you think that the, the track being, I mean, they, they, you know, what's the rule that has to at least be a three ace and they are, they're, they're, it's very close to not being big enough to be um, on the schedule. And do you think that played into a little bit of the uh, technical side of where it kind of turned into uh, one line? Like it's just, there wasn't enough real estate really to design a track. To yeah, really, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, there's not really any hard breaking there. I mean, you go on the one, you're on the front break, but you're kind of turning down the straightaway. So you can't really, you can't really out front, you can't really outbreak somebody into turn one without totally T-boning them and, you know, risking taking yourself out and then actually making that switch back tighter before the jump. I thought it single filed the, like the riders more because you yeah. go, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, I guess, but when you're racing it, it's, it's very, it's very like parade route. Like you just, there's one line and it's the line you gotta, you gotta go for. I was waiting for some riders like, I thought last year you could swing out over the jump and outbreak somebody on the inside going into the short track corner, like over in turn three. And I was waiting mm -hmm. for kind of like Dalton to do that in the same. Yeah. Way. Dalton was real close. Yeah. Yeah. But like the way, like the jump was farther down now where it made the jump easier to hit where last year, the jump was kind of, it was smaller, but it was technical because, and granted I didn't ride the track this year, but you were almost sideways and turning up the jump and you had to kind of, I thought it was more, it looked more, well, like I said, I didn't ride it this year, but I felt like it was more technical last year where um, if you were smoother over the jump, you can make up time. And like I said, maybe swing the corner over the jump. There was a lot of passes, not a lot, but there was passes last year where you could swing out over the jump and beat them into the short track corner. And I saw people kind of looking at that option, but never really, made it stick i mean maybe there was one or one or two that happened in middle of the pack that i didn't see but yeah i don't know overall man it was i don't know if the size of it matters but it's it's just the layout and i don't know i mean i think the one year they had like a berm in the right hander henry wiles made like a sick pass um over mikey rush it was one of the coolest passes i've seen in the 
And well, that's uh, it's can, good to know that size doesn't matter to Corey. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could maybe throw a burn. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, it's it's a cool racetrack, and it, honestly, it's the only one that really. You know, besides Daytona and Lima, it's the only one that could have possibly got me out of bed. Honestly, I was, yeah. I felt so good at Castle Rock last year. And even with being sick, I was like, I felt really good at that track. And all the boys like Cody and Trent and all of them, they're like, dude, you'd be, you'd be really good at Castle Rock. Like you, you'd have a shot, you'd have a shot. And you know, there's a narrative. I'm not a good TT racer and I would love to just show up and, have a really good day on a TT, like a podium was cool, but you know, no one's going to remember that. So I, yeah. it was, it well, was something I considered, but. So happen. the one thing I will say that I wanted to bring in, and I kind of alluded to this when we were talking earlier today is um, they, technically speaking, there were less people at this race than last year, but um, it all like the, the feedback that I'm hearing is that the vibe was actually better suited for American flat track. So like last year it was a, it was a carnival. It was a, you know, it was a fair, like there was just a lot going on. Not everybody was there necessarily for the racing, but this one um, I'm just hearing that all the hardcore fans noticed that there was just way more people watching the race and it was better. And, uh, and, you know, for the series and for the, for the stop. And I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, you were there last year um, and we saw this year last year. Did you kind of get any vibe that perhaps it was maybe oversold and there was just nowhere, like no room anywhere. What, what did you hear or what are you seeing? I didn't hear any of that, honestly. I mean, maybe, um, I don't know, dude, like I said, last year, it was, that was all a blur for me. I mean, the fact I went back and I watched the, uh, the my my semi and the main event from last year kind of leading up to the race just like with coaching the kids i help out and i don't fucking know how i even raced that day i was i was in rough shape but i remember trying to leave the facility um yeah, i wanted yeah, to yeah. i wanted to muscle out my interview amber she tried to pull me away as soon as i took my helmet off she's like we gotta go um because i was like i was in bad shape and i was like no i'm doing the podium interview like i didn't want I don't know. It was a mix of emotions where I didn't want to show, I didn't want to show like a, a, like a weakness really by not doing the podium interview, but I was also in really bad shape. And so I did the podium interview and then we left, like I didn't stay for any of the other main events. We, we left right away and I, I couldn't find my way out of the fucking facility. Like I kept trying to remember we were driving. Yeah. I was, I did not feel well. I was super grumpy and we couldn't find a fucking gate to get out of the track. I remember we went to like two different gates and they were locked and, um, and then finally we, we found a gate, like we were literally driving around the pits for 20 minutes. Um, I got probably contact high eight different times, just driving through the, <laughs> all the fans. And I thought the vibe was cool. If I wasn't, if I wasn't feeling well, I probably would have, you know, <laughs> walked around and met with the, met with the people and had a couple of drinks or something the, the vibe seemed like it was cool, but at the time it was, it was kind of like Woodstocky and I just wanted to get the fuck out of there and I couldn't find a gate and, Ah, so it, it was, uh, it was whatever, but I don't know. I mean, the crowd looked like it was good. Uh, they did some interviews, Kristen beach. She did a great job keeping the fans yep. entertained during the, the, it was like for the sun or whatever. Um, yeah, good vibe. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer on that. I think it was fine. I think that, you know, all the, all the people in the fans seem like they have a good time when they show up there and oh yeah, the crowd's definitely yeah. better than when I was there 
you know, we were last there maybe 10 years ago prior to last year, there was nobody there. And I don't know, man, it's just like kind of a rundown facility. It's just not a real nice facility. It's the grandstands are small. Um, but I don't know. It's blue collar. It's just small. And I think even when you pack the stands, what is it fit 2000 people? I mean, someone last year, it was funny. They were talking about Springfield and comparing Springfield mile grandstands to castle rock and, Jerry Meese was like, yeah, when there's 2000 people that fit and Springfield fits what 20,000, it's going to look smaller, but it's hard to compare. I mean, it looks, it looks packed, but this, there's not really, I get uh, world of outlaw vibes when it comes to castle rock. Like it's just very uh, local. uh, Uh, That's a stretch. It's more hipstery hipster. (laughs) That's that's just because it's Portland area. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're talking world of outlaws, I'm thinking like Williams Grove or Grandview up in Pennsylvania, where every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry and their (laughs) uncle. I'm talking about how you have like pros, like, yeah, they, they race all these like super nice facilities, like, but then they come down to, you know, like a fairground or like castle rock or whatever. I just, I've always been, it just reminds me of it. It's like, all right, cool. It's kind of, it's very grassroots is what I would say. It's, it's, I would say so far this year, I, 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 tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to stick stand next to this one that I think it's second to Lima is uh, in terms of like the best race event that AFT's had so far. Now we could talk about like the racing kind of be boring, you know, storylines, you know, they played out exactly how we thought they would. But I think overall, like as someone who just like goes to the race or like even watches it, I think it's second only to Lima. So. Yeah. You'd have an argument there. I think that would be uh I think that would, it's not like a, that's not a bad take, you know, I think yeah. you could probably make a, make a good point for that, but yeah. let's, um let's dip into these results a little bit. We talked about the singles a little bit, man. And I'm just, it is the singles main is, it was very, it's probably the most interesting race of the year for me. Um, looking at the results, watching it, all things considered, I mean, Trevor Bruner. So I'm going to start off with Trevor Bruner. He fast qualified. He was not slow. He looked great all day. Um, he was the guy to beat earlier on. Obviously, he was the guy to beat because he won the fucking race. But he, he, it was, it was actually a crazy race to watch because I don't know if he was just being smooth or if he felt the pressure behind him and he kind of rode tense, but he rode. He rode a smart race, but he rode really tense. I mean, I, I was expecting, like, if Trevor Bruner got the whole shot, I thought he was going to check out just because, you know, he had really good speed all day. Uh, either Trevor or Dalton. Like, if one of those got out front, I thought they could have they could have possibly checked out. And maybe maybe Dalton hangs with him. Like, I think we'll get to Dalton. I thought he was great all day long. But, yeah, he just, like, Trevor just seemed like he rode very tense um he made a couple mistakes there at the end of the race one was a big mistake that actually yeah he bobbled Gautier bobbled Tanner passed Dalton um and they just kind of rode around toward the end of the race there I mean I'm looking at man I'm looking back in the field I'm looking at I'm looking at 13th place Trent Lowe he basically had the the same lap time best lap as Trevor I mean he did a 23-2 Trevor did a 23-2. I mean, Trevor rode, he rode very poised for him for the most part, but he just didn't have a bunch of speed. But at the end of the day, what, there's no notes column. Well, I think 
in these races well, and, and he won the race, but I thought he looked, I thought he looked a little tense, but maybe he was just, you know, all the pressure was executed. on his shoulders, right? It, yeah. He makes one mistake that, I mean, he got lucky that Dalton made the same mistake, but he makes one mistake. Dalton, Tanner, Max, they're all right there. So I think he just felt the pressure. And like JD was saying in his, his interview, I don't know if it was for the dash for cash or uh, if it was whenever one of the 27 fucking times he won. Um, he talked about how, um slick it was out there and you had to be on it you couldn't like it was just really technical and hard and i just think that that plus the pressure trevor was just you know on a knife edge right there and he just couldn't get comfortable so i mean you know he had to feel and hear dalton because he kept putting that tire in there keep trying it and at the end he tried rolling around the edge and i just think i think yeah. he just saw pressure manifested it's, but hard it's to, funny too. It's like last week I said, I asked the question. I was like, when was the last time somebody won start to finish? And the next week Trevor goes out and does it. So yeah. congratulations. I mean, it's hard to ride the way you want to ride when there's someone pressuring you. I mean, even if like you don't yeah. open your corners up as more, cause you don't want to get stuffed and then it hurts your exit. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that win to hold those, hold those riders off is, yeah. is, is awesome. And I also think, you know, nothing against Dalton He's a very smooth and I wouldn't say he's not aggressive, but I'm, I think for Trevor, it was better to have him behind him than maybe chase or uh, I don't know, like Zabala, <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody, somebody, Tyler like, Scott, Tyler Scott. Yeah. He would have not waited. Uh, Dominic Calendres, he posted something on Instagram. It was like the inside of turn one. And nobody was there. And he's like, did they tell the riders at riders being they can't pass here? Because uh, <laughs> Calendras was a very, he was a very aggressive rider. And he was absolutely phenomenal at Castle Rock. The year he, the one year he won there, he was, I've never seen anybody go that fast at Castle Rock. He looked amazing. So it was just kind of, it was funny. Cause yeah, in turn one, they just, they would, they weren't really like hugging that tight. And nobody was really, nobody was really, going for it um it was just kind of it was a parade and everybody kind of shuffled in it was like nobody everybody was scared to give up position that they didn't want to go for the spot ahead of them because they didn't want to lose the spot behind them so it was just a boring boring race for me um dalton looked great all day i thought he was the guy to win if he could have got out front i think he could have honestly put on a clinic i mean he looked great all day it's not taking a thing away from the other riders but he looked really comfortable and it was good to see he's been struggling. Uh, I, I talk about it a lot. Dalton's got so much talent and it was cool to see him put that talent to work on a track like that. He's a really good underrated, not even underrated anymore, but he's a great TT rider and, and he looked really good. And then Tanner Dean, man, I thought, I thought this was a really good ride for Tanner Dean. I'm slightly disappointed though. Like I feel like, Tanner probably could have, he probably could have went for the win there. I mean, he passed, mm -hmm. uh, he passed Dalton. I mean, honestly, I thought Tanner, he almost gave up, gave away that dash for cash. I mean, it's four laps and man, he went in the turn one so wide. He gave Dalton all the room in the world. I feel like Dalton should split the check with him. Cause I was like, damn dude, you gave that spot to him. I mean, Dalton didn't even have to hit him or anything. He just, it was like a, you know, a left turn pass down the highway. I was I was surprised Tanner was that um, that willing to give up space on the inside. And then when he passed Dalton, 
in the main event, he did, he did the same thing. He just drifted wide and Boom, yeah. Dalton poked it in there. So I was a little bummed with Tanner just, you know, giving. Well, I got to give Tanner uh, props speech. for his his podium speech. Did did you go back and like listen to it and like watch I it? I watched it live. Like, yeah, I watched it, was, it live. Yeah, it was, yep. it was good. That's, uh, you know, we always preach about like writer showing personality and stuff. And that yeah. was really cool to see. And it's uh, obvious that Tanner's time uh, – you know, on my bike made him uh, get on that podium. So you're welcome, Tanner. Right. So <laughs> nah, he rode really well. I just, uh, oh, so good. I thought he, once he got by Dalton there in the main, I thought, I mean, bro, you're a part timer. Fucking send it like go for the win. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's still third place is amazing for, for him just to, but let's not like, let's not, I don't want to pull a, off the couch thing. Like for him, he's, yeah, yeah. he's in he's his prime. He's young. Good. He's still riding. I, I the retirement thing I, that was weird i yeah i don't i don't know he's still a very, very he's got a real guy. job right so i just think he was this now this is my uh third person uh outside kind of look at it, is that i think he just was like i have a full-time job i can't be successful at the level that i want to be against these robot machine singles writers that are training six days a week um and i have bills to pay so i think i in my opinion i think he was like yeah i'm done i'm just gonna have fun and then you know he probably just got the itch but um he he is a talented writer so this the class is better with having tanner in it than sitting on the sideline yeah no it was uh really cool man he's uh He's a good guy. I, I like Tanner and it was cool to see him get a podium in his uh, home state. <clears throat> um, Max Whale, not, he looked great in practice. Another fourth. I mean, it was a little bit uneventful. He kind of just sat in and, and same thing with Tom drain. I mean, they both, it was a parade out there. I mean, they could have probably could have had a, had a beer while they were racing. Just, it was just synchronized swimming, dude. They were just <laughs> making their laps and, uh, toward the end of the race there, Chase kind of caught up to him and he joined the action a little bit. I, I thought maybe he could have got up there sooner. I was kind of surprised he didn't have didn't have the speed consistently through the main event, but he did have it looks like he had the fastest lap of the main event. I think he did that catching up to the um the the top riders. The last lap of the race, I think I looked it up. I think Olin Kistler, who finished 16th, I think he had a faster lap than Bruner did. So like the end of the race, it was literally survival <laughs> for Bruner, but, uh, but he got the win quite a bit back from them. Eric were the first impressions boys, James and Chad. Yeah. I thought this was better than what I honestly thought they were going to do just from where they were. Especially odd. Like I thought this was uh, a really good effort on Ott's part. Uh, Chad, Chad, he's a good TT here. I thought he could have done a little bit better, but Ott, I didn't, I didn't see this one coming. So I don't know what the first impression team has to say about it, but that's what I see. Yeah, I think that's probably his best TT result. But it is this the nature of the track. If you get a good start and you don't screw up, you're going to have a decent result. Um, <laughs> it was quite a bit far, quite a bit back from the top six, um, but seventh is a good points day for james and eighth is a it's a whatever day for chad it could be worse could have been better uh rooster evans he looked pretty pretty dicey i think did he was he winning the heat race for a minute or something i have to go back and look but i think there was a moment where i was like damn rooster yeah i think he was leading the heat race why are you, come on help me out here no i don't remember that i remember winning the uh lcq and, oh, he uh, won he the LCQ. Super... My bad. That's what it was. All yeah. right. All right. Well, and come on. Was, That's uh, whatever. He was, yeah, he was super excited in the writer introductions. He gave that 
thumbs up like seven times. He was just like <laughs> waiting to get out on the line. Yeah. I mean, I wish, did they interview him for that or? No, no. Uh, I wish they would interview the LCQ winners. I mean, back in the day, they would interview the semi winners and it's cool to get like, give the other God, riders. Back in my day, two stroke framers. Why don't you post that on Facebook on flat track? This is so day. different than you're fucking comparing <laughs> two stroke framers to LCQ interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it'd be good to get. I mean, how often oh, do we yeah. hear Roos Evans on the podium or any yeah. of these riders that possibly, especially on the twin? You know, I think Cameron Smith or trying to think of some of these riders that have won LCQ and the twins. Like, give them a little interview. It'll take like thirty seconds to get them on there and interview them. It's good for sponsors would love that. Yeah, I mean, it's not AFT's job to promote the riders' sponsors, but I think it would be good for just branding the riders, get them more TV time. I mean, you make these riders stars. It, it helps, helps grow yep. your sport. So, uh, but that's one thing I'd like to see is uh more LCQ interviews, but yeah, decent top 10 result for, for the water boy. And then we got Cody cop with dun. uh 10th, definitely not his best work. Um, I don't know what he ended up doing in the heat race, but he didn't make it out of the heat. And then the LCQ, it was just kind of don't do anything stupid. Get in there. I mean, yep. granted, I think he's got his provisional still. But, yeah, I was hoping he would have finished this, finished the job at, at Castle Rock. I wanted him to kind of win it in his home state and take the pressure off his shoulders going into Springfield. I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of pressure. He just needs to basically ride. Show up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just ride, and he'll be fine at Springfield. But – you know, with that being said, I had a massive points gap in 21 and I was still stressing over points. You never, yeah. at that point, it actually is more stressful because it's, you know, imagine fucking it up. And, you know, that's. Well, wasn't that kind of how it went pressure. down the first year you won in 19 where I think, wasn't it like. Ryan yeah, that Barnes was. Or, no, like, that was. Down to that those. was. That was getting pretty close. And that one was stressful for me more so because. I've never won anything in my life. I mean, I won things, but I wasn't, I wasn't expected. I mean, people didn't even think I was going to top 10 that year. And I really wanted to win a championship, but then like 20 last year, 22, you know, trying to win my third, it wasn't, it was a really close points gap going into Volusia, but I wasn't even remotely stressed about it. I was, you know, just trying to enjoy it. So I don't know. I mean, Cody's fine. He's, He's going to be fine. And either way, I, I texted him some advice, just trying to help him kind of manage the stress and stuff like that. Cause I think that's one thing he, he's still learning. Like, let's not forget he's really young and I know how bad he wants it. And the stress can get, can get like frustrating at times. Um, but he's in great shape. He's such a good rider and he just needs to do his thing. Um, and for him going into these last two rounds, I would, my advice for him would be just, you know, ride your dirt bike, have fun, go play golf, go do what you do with your friends. Don't overthink it. Just enjoy life. And at the end of the day, dude, like life's still good, whether you win or lose. And that really helped me a lot is the more I focused yeah. on other aspects of my life and tried not to overthink my job as a racer. I mean, I took it very serious and I trained really hard, but I also, at the end of the day, racing was what I did. It wasn't who I am. And I think that really helped me take kind of the stress off a little bit. So that's kind of my advice to Cody. I know he listens to the pod. Just go ride your dirt bike, dude, do your thing. Um, you're lucky I didn't show up to Castle Rock. You would have got 11th. So um, I gave you <laughs> one more spot on the, on the, on the results column, but 
yeah, it was a subpar, subpar day for my boy, but, um, how many yeah, angry, then, how many angry texts did, uh, did Papa Corey send out to his writers today? How many, uh, how many, how many did you send out? <laughs> well, Trent, I texted Trent cause I, in the heat race, he, it looked like he didn't even, he forgot what, like there was a light like that told you to go come to find out his bike stalled on the line. It just stalled. So I was like, I didn't know that, but I texted him. I just said, I had a couple drinks on Saturday night and I was like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> I just, do you have a pulse? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and then he called me and he was just, you know, flustered and he's, you know, his bike stalled and he was just, I'm like, bro, calm down. Just get through the LCQ first. Don't screw that up and go out and just try to do what you can in the main, in the main event. I wasn't overly, I almost felt bad for him. Cause I know how important like track position is. And he was just, you know, when you're on, when you're in the LCQ, yeah. there's not, there's not a hell of a lot you can do. You could, I mean, dude, you could be a half second, a lap quicker and just, you're not going to go anywhere on a track like this. So, I mean, unless you start T-boning people, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I definitely texted him, but I was more encouraging for once than I was mad. I think if I was there, I probably would have, I probably would have probably gotten more angryish than mad, but I, I mean, then encouraging, but I was, I was pretty encouraging. I don't know, man. I just expect these kids to go out and do their job. I mean, it's, yeah. they want to race for a profession. You got to execute and, you know, it's a privilege to be a professional racer and get paid to ride your motorcycle. There's so many fast kids and riders that aren't getting paid that have talent. And if you're getting paid to race, you gotta, you gotta execute. There's really no excuses there. Um, I mean, granted there is a little, I mean, his bike stalled. So it's, it's like, I don't know. It's there's some, there's some things you can't control, but overall and on a track like this, it's frustrating. Cause it's just, you can't go anywhere. Um, 11th place, Michler, 12th terrence santara and then we talked about trent i want to give a shout out to dominic cameron man that was uh oh yeah he was, he was up in the qualifying results throughout the throughout the day kind of making his name up there and i thought that was cool man i don't know a lot about dominic but i know he's a west coast kid and he's a triple digit i don't think he's a rookie right like he's raised you know any what's the background on dominic i know we're facebook friends because i saw i saw his his um his post or whatever and i'm gonna be honest if like I'm in my era right now where if somebody posts something on Facebook and I don't know who you are, I usually just delete them. Like, I'm just like, who the hell are you? Like just, just unfriending people, but <laughs> he popped up and no, I was like, Oh cool, man. I just watched you. Uh, like you rode. Well. I just know him from like racing out here. Um, I, I don't think he, I'm looking at his profile now. Yeah. This was the first year that he has, uh, any, uh, you know, any points or starts or anything like that. So really, um, okay. but it was definitely cool to uh, see a Oregonian up there. And Rainier is my favorite beer and he's from Rainier. So uh, tip of the cap, bud. Yeah. Good job, man. I also on a Yamaha blue crew. So we, uh, we like that Yamaha is a supporter of the podcast and <clears throat> you don't really see a lot of, I mean, Yamaha has been dominating in moto for a couple of years now. They've come a long way with that 450 program. And Essenson obviously has, I mean, they're hybrid Yamahas, but they, they obviously have really good bikes, but you don't see a lot of Yamahas really out there. I'm looking at the results and honestly, as shitty as I think the Hondas are, sorry, Mike Turner, I know you're Mike, you're my boy, but <laughs> as shitty, at least I don't, I don't like the Honda man, but there's nine Hondas. They still kind of dominate the singles field. You know, there's nine Hondas, there's three Yamahas, five KTMs. 
two Husqvarna's and one Suzuki. Can you name the rider on the Suzuki? Fuck no. No, I'm just kidding. There's no Suzuki's. That's a joke. Um, I was yeah. Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just nobody on Yamaha. So it's cool to see a different brand up there as well. Um, <laughs> come on, bro. Ain't nobody kickstarting their bike. Uh, hey, man. Chad did it. Trent did it. Yeah, they did. They did. That bike was fast, bro. I, I, that yeah. Wally Brown Suzuki, I I did that tire test on that evolution. That thing was joe cop thought i was running a big board he was convinced that i was like what what cc is that thing because i kept fast qualifying on it and i was like dude i don't think it's a it's what trent rides like it's not a big board it's just good so um cole frederickson really cool to see him back out there he's a really cool guy he uh like cole he's a good rider too man really good rider he in my opinion you can tell me i'm wrong i think he won the battle of the hats during rider introductions that goodyear hat was a vibe uh yeah, that was a cool hat. I'm cool with I'm cool with that. I was cool with the I have a Goodyear hat, sim, very similar to that that hat as well. And it was cool to see him rocking some his persona. And he's an olderish guy. He's not like as old as me, but he's he's olderish, so he can rock the the hat with what is that little thing around the brim? Like Kistler, like they were running it. Those Vincent hats they have. They, I hate those. those. Dope. Yeah, nothing. You against, don't like them? Oh, no, I, I don't like the dope. Vincent hats. I'm sorry. No offense to any of them guys, but I just, I don't like it. It depends who you are, I guess. If you can run it, Fredrickson could rock it. It just kind of looked. He's got like some <laughs> facial hair and shit. I don't know when you put it on Kissler or, or I think Santero wears it. It's just like, eh, I don't know, man. I, just, I think a snapback or yeah. When Fredrickson wears it, he looks like he just got off from the night shift down at the docks or something. Like he looks blue collar. <laughs> Construction <laughs> worker. Yeah. Yeah. Laying pipe. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. He I mean, he's good. He's he's a good rider. It wouldn't surprise me to see him up in the top ten, but just uh an off day, an off main event for him. Uh Kissler, it was cool to see him rocking. I don't know what he had on. I told him to get a like Seattle Supersonic. I mean, dude, if you're in Seattle. I would I would rock supersonics gear. I mean, I'd get an old school yep. Sean Kemp jersey and if you know that cliff shrimp a retro retro hat and I'd I'd rock supersonics gear, but I don't know what he went with. It was he had a fitted cap on. It was I think it was a Mariner's hat. Oh, okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I forgot. I mean, dude, Griffey, Griffey Jr. is like smoothest swing of all time that was my favorite player growing up i have i probably have 50 ken griffey jr cards here sitting in my house i'm a big ken griffey jr fan um he did an interview you probably didn't see it but it was like on sports center about seven eight years ago and it was the most awkward interview ever i almost (laughs) didn't like him as much after that interview if you get on youtube and you look up awkward ken griffey jr interview you look it yeah. up. It's really bad. I saw it live. I was like, oh, wow, this is fucking, this is weird. But he doesn't have the bravado <laughs> that his swing, his swing shows. You'd think he would just be like super confident and stuff, but I guess he's just kind of beta and kind of. Yeah, awkward. he was super <laughs> sick. I was a Griffey Jr. fan. But anyway, we're swinging off topic here. But yeah, cool, uh, cool hat for Kistler. He looked a little bit more intimidating with the, with the fitted cap. Um, fucking sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a good kid, man. It's cool to see him in, a, in a, another main event. He's a Castle Rock native, I guess. He's yeah, he's, hometown he's from is that little ass town. Yep, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It's cool to see. 
uh, Zabala, I think he took a provisional and yep, he did. got a few points out of the deal. So Cole Zabala in 17th. Declan he had a big Bender. Get off right there in that uh, first corner. Remember when he fucking, he like, he T boned uh, Cody Cobb. That's what, yeah, that's what I saw does. that. And I hate to yeah. give him shit, but I'm going to just give him a little bit of shit just because it's what we do on the podcast. And I just think sometimes he can be overly, overly aggressive, honestly. And he kind of fits the narrative. He's got the caution tape on the back of his, on the back of his gear. And as soon as I saw like it got rambunctious in turn one and you, I just was like, I was Zabala. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's whatever. That's just how he, how he rides and you kind of know and expect it, but it was, uh, he makes it interesting. We'll say that for sure. <clears throat> and he's a good rider. I, I don't want to hammer the kid. He's a good rider, but he's definitely rambunctious. Um, going into 18th Declan, I was definitely, he had a couple of moments in qualifying and stuff where he had some good speed. He just, I think some rookie. Yeah. He was up to stuff. seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just didn't execute a good, <sighs> a good race. I mean, it was cool. He got in there in the LCQ, but any, in, in, you know, him and Eisenhardt are going back and forth or not really going back and forth, but he's kind of hunting them down in these rookie of the year points and just, you know, 18, one point. It just, uh, it just, it, it yeah, doesn't this was yeah it would have yeah, been cool this was his opportunity five points and yeah, he didn't capitalize yeah. on it so um but he did turn around uh he and his old man drove eight hours overnight to uh missoula montana and rode that outlaw race lords of dirt and he walked away with like three grand in money so maybe he can go put that into his program and uh come back swinging in springfield so no yep that was he had he had it on the plate right there and he just dropped it so i, I know it's uh eating him up but it's gonna be a good finish those last couple rounds for rookie of the year that's 7500 bucks and basically free advertising going into your next season when you're trying to get sponsors like hey i'm the rookie of the year like yeah. it kind of sells itself so for him and logan let's make the most of it i know we've been kind of getting two points here three points here five points here they've had a couple top tens but it's uh, all or nothing for these kids. They're uh, they're fast, and it's going to be good to see them go. So, yeah, and I think honestly, going into Springfield, it honestly probably favors Declan a little bit. He's been a pretty strong miler. He's got a really good program. I know Luzak does the motors. I've ridden a Luzak. Actually, my my bike is at Luzak's shop right now. I'm getting Luzak to hmm. build me a motor on my KTM. So he uh, has a good mile program, and I, I would say miles are probably his best track. And he is from Illinois, so you know, it's, he's got to line up and do his job, but he's, you know, if he goes out there and I expect him to make the main events, but he's got a, you know, these 17th, 18th place, you know, he's got to go in and, and get a solid, you know, 10th, 9th, 10th, you know, he's got to get up in there and, yeah. and get his points. Um, and Eisenhardt, he is a good rider, but, um, it's going to be interesting to go into this. He's got, I think he's got five points on Declan. So just a little sub, something, uh, haircut. No, no, I didn't. Oh, I did. Well, I saw his head. <laughs> yeah, it was posted online. I saw that. <laughs> uh, I like fuck? it better. I think it fits yeah. him better. Honestly, I thought I don't know. I didn't think it fit his fit him as well. The the long hair. So it's he's just trying to lose weight for the mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's a good rider too, and he's actually I don't I think I've said it on here before, but he lives like ten minutes from where I grew up. I I just like learned that this year I think or last year I was like oh shit you go to Boyertown which is <clears throat> I went to Springford it's like a local it's like our rival school I had no idea that's where he went to school so uh, pretty cool and then Hunter Bauer 
getting in there and getting 19th. I don't know if he had a fall or something, but he was pretty far back from the rest of the pack. But no lappers, man. No lappers in this okay. race. Everybody finished on the lead lap. So that was – that might have been the only eh, – that probably happened other races. I don't I don't know saying here but i was gonna Quals say parody you know so maybe it's the only one that it happened but i it's probably eh, somebody can go back and do the notes maybe it happened before maybe it didn't i'm definitely not looking so we'll ask uh, billy, billy. <laughs> yeah let's um whoa my mic just got all weird let's uh thank a few more sponsors here and then we'll go into the twins Twins Class Rewind. I want to give a shout out to Indy Motorcycle. Since 1901, Indy Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. A great lineup of motorcycles. Go test ride. Every time my buddy Ryan comes over, he's got a scout, and I always hop on that fucker and ride it around and rev it up. So Indian Motorcycle, big supporters of American Flat Track, Moto America, Super Hooligan Racing, and much more. I want to give a shout out to Moto America. Our next event is Pittsburgh International Race Complex this weekend. It's my birthday weekend. And we'll be at, I'll be at mini cup. We have a big mini cup weekend as well. They have a great lineup of, of motorcycle classes and the action super bike. I forget everything that's running at Pittsburgh. I think baggers, I got to look and see, but man, if you're anywhere near the Pittsburgh area, go check out that facility. I've never been there, but I heard it's an amazing facility. I'm excited to go. We have mini cup. If you can't go, definitely check out their motor America live plus package, follow them on social media the, the racing has been phenomenal in Moto America this year. So I'm excited for Pittsburgh. The end of the season is coming for those riders as well. Definitely a lot of championships up for grabs. And I want to give a shout out to Jerry Stinchfield. Nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing business. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. And a big shout out to Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road, street, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Twins. What do you got? Actually, I have to, I got to make a, a special shout out. Everybody knows that listen to this podcast that I don't know fuck all about road racing and I'm all dirt. But over the weekend, I met one of your contemporaries, uh, Nicole, uh, yesterday at Lords of Dirt and met her daughter and they were there for the race. And uh, she kind of walked me through a lot of the road racing stuff and like how it all works. And it actually it made me pretty interested to check it out. So maybe. Maybe I'll actually watch a goddamn race from time to time. But you gotta come, cool. man. It's a good vibe. It's like a tailgating vibe where you show up. Yeah. Okay. You can't see the whole track, but it kind of it's it's just a really dude like Road America. If you can go to that one, it's literally it's it's like a huge outdoor concert weekend, like a festival with nice. motorcycles and people grilling out and camping. And oh man, it's the racing is great. The riders are talented. There's a lot of flat track riders that compete in it and. And yeah, you met, so you met Nicole Cox and she is, she's like, she is, she's the, one of the bosses, man. She runs, she's the race director and she pretty much runs, runs the majority of the weekend. She is, uh, yeah, very, very gnarly and very experienced and she's a good, she's a good girl, man. I like Nicole a lot and it's cool that she went and, and did that flat track, man. That's cool. She right ahead. Yeah. I would have had no idea that one she's that high up she's super humble and two she's goddamn gi joe badass that was a door gunner uh in the army and stuff so like i was just like yeah. geeking out over it that was awesome yeah it's funny when people come up that try to argue with her and i'm like no 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 like you don't want to <laughs> no, she no. is she's one of the most intimidating people on the planet um and that's kind of why she does her job so well it's just in a 
you know, she leads ship in a motorcycle and I'd love to have her on the podcast sometime. Cause she's got probably yes. a really, really cool story. And yeah, it's funny, man. If I'm in a bar fight, I want Nicole on my side. She's gnarly. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. So let's get into this twins race. And this was an interesting race, man. It was, there was a lot of shit going on chaos, chaotic, uh, but I'll let you start off. Let's run down these top three and I'll let, I'll give the Eric take and I'll chime in. Oh man. How about that script that Tim, uh, Tim wrote for this one. That, that's crazy. Dallas got that JD took one for the team and, uh, opened that up for him. No, it's that's racing. JD is a talented writer and yo, I got to give him credit though. He got his ass up, got that bike rolling and got on the track, didn't lay down waiting for it. Same for later down in the road, uh, with Briar, but Hey, that's what champions do. They capitalize. So congratulations, Dallas, that saved his season. Um, and it's game on going to Springfield. What an awesome storyline to go to, you know, the granddaddy of them all of Springfield. We've got this incredible battle, two mile races. It's basically winner take all. Um, so that's, that's awesome to see. And Jared, one, he's the bridesmaid, never the bride again, when it comes to these TTs, but it's not for a lack of effort or skill. Uh, he was, he was a machine out there, but just, just a little bit behind Dallas and Dallas got the snake out of what he was like two and a half seconds uh, ahead of him. Um, but it was a good battle between him and JD there at the end. Um, you know, JD got around uh, who the hell was he battling with there for a while? I think uh, JL 10, um, but got around and snaked his way back up onto the podium. So how often do you see that mid race? <laughs> somebody goes down, they turn around get the bike up and get back on the podium. So congratulations. Yeah. Hats off to Dallas. It wouldn't have surprised me to see him win this, regardless but then jd turned up in the main event he was just doing what he does checking out kind of running its course and then yeah he tipped over which was crazy uh man i've raced castle rock and i was there last year and i don't and then briar too man briar crashed in that corner as well and you don't see uh i didn't i don't remember it being that slick there but they kept the riders would uh, run up in like the dust in that corner. And I kept thinking like yeah. when they would hit it, they were like, someone was blowing. I'm like, Oh shit, what's that smoke? And then it was just the dust. And I, I guess he just hit, I don't know. It was weird it, without being there. I I'd have to talk to JD or, or Briar, but I, yeah, it was just a really weird and uncharacteristic for them. Two riders to fall down. I mean, it, they're two of the best TT. I think Dallas even said it, two of the best TT riders on the planet and they both crash. So it's, it's pretty crazy. I bet that put, Dallas and Meese, especially Meese on sort of pins and needles maybe through there. Cause I thought Jared had more speed in him than what he showed in that main event. Like all day long, he was right there with Dallas and Briar and beach. Uh, he had really good speed, but in the main event, he sort of just faded back from Dallas. It didn't even look like he wanted anything. He wanted anything to do with trying to win that race. He was more than happy to get out of there in second place. And I mean, that's fine. He, he knows, he knows what he needs to do. So it's, you know, it is, he knows what he's doing. So, but, uh, Meeson second, JD picked it back up and got a third. I thought he was going to actually make a run at Jared. He, I was almost certain he was going to pass Jared, honestly. And it was good that Jared was, hung on to that second place. Well, I think, and you're going to know this a little bit more than me, because you do have intimate knowledge of these MTO sevens. But one thing that I've noticed and when I watch the races and, you know, you can kind of see pictures of the bike, there's always, I'm I'm just noticing subtle changes with those bikes. And it just, Tim's team is never 
done. They don't rest on their laurels. So it's been a couple rounds since they've been on a mile. And I know it, it, it wasn't really a, a, a contest at the last couple of mile races with Jared. And I'm really interested to see what kind of homework uh, that essence and teams done um, to get those bikes up on that level. Cause I, I, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of the other miles that we've seen this year. So um, yeah, it, I've just noticed little changes to those bikes and I got to give that team credit that they're, they're never done tinkering. Yeah. Let's circle back. We'll talk about leading in the Springfield. We'll, there's some things I want to touch upon on, I mean, we have a couple of weeks to talk about as well, but let's, uh, I definitely want to circle back on this podcast and I want to talk about some of the scenarios with Meese and Dallas going into Springfield. We'll touch upon it. And obviously we'll talk in, in weeks to come. Um, let's run through the rest of these results first. Uh, Henry Wiles fourth, pretty solid result for Henry, man. It was cool. Yeah. He's fourth place, uh, 11 seconds off. That just shows how, how freaking fast the top guys are, yeah. but he yeah. was, Solidly in fourth place. Davis was 16 seconds off, but top five for Davis. He was struggling a little bit throughout the day, and he managed a top five finish. Davis has been crushing it this year. He's been really consistent, and just another another solid result for, for Davis. Uh, I think the first time I ever seen Davis Fisher ride was out of Castle Rock, honestly, and it was – I think he had like some yellow leathers on like uh 60 or an 80 back in the day. And that was the first time I ever seen Davis ride was at this racetrack. And, you know, it's a, he had a lot of fans in the stands wearing 67 shirts. So solid result for him. Halbert man in six, that was, it was interesting as well. Him and Johnny Lewis were together in the main event. And I was just wanting, I wanted to just text the camera guy, please just put the camera Focus. on Sammy and yeah. Johnny. <laughs> I want to see the carnage. <laughs> And yeah, it wasn't, he got a good hole shot and it was just like, you know, going in that first corner, I think he just kind of got like caught up and he rode a little Sammy, right. He was a little out of control. And, but that's Sammy. I just, I think if he had a cleaner slate, he could have been a factor, um, uh, a little bit later into the race too. I think he had, you know, he's not been racing all year, but I think Sammy had a little bit more speed than, um, he kind of showed all day, uh, but I don't <laughs> know, man. Sammy. I, I, it looked to me like he was kind of holding up Brandon Robinson at the end of the race. I thought, I thought Brandon was, if he could have got around Sammy, I think he could have probably made a run at Davis and maybe even hung with Henry. I thought B Rob had some really underrated speed at, at Castle Rock yep. and he's not overly aggressive in, in this point in his career. And it, you know, I think he could have did better on, you know, I think that was his they best talked about that. Finish. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's one of the best he's done. I know he's always been really hard on himself and you've talked about it a little bit that sometimes maybe being so hard on yourself is, is kind of um, laying the groundwork to not be successful. I know that I sometimes struggle with that, like just being yeah. kind of hard on myself. And so hopefully this kind of turns the table for Brandon. Uh, he's got championship potential and skill, um, we just know that over the years, the TT's always been a hurdle for him. And so to get seventh, I think maybe that opens the door for him. I think most of being good on TTs is thinking you're good on TTs. I mean, there was a point where I wasn't confident at all about my TT yeah. ability. And I think, I think riding TTs a little bit helps, but most of all being confident and being confident and being loose on the bike is It'll make yeah. you a good TT rider is, is confidence. And you got to believe you can't just fake the confidence Think You know, you know, you just, you have to actually believe that you are fast on TTs. Cause, um, yeah, it's, it makes a bit, I know it sounds so stupid and cliche, but it's, I've noticed it's helped me a ton, just having confidence to do well 
and you you do better. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, I kind of think of it too. Like, um, I some of the some of my friends or whatever, they're always like, "Yeah, you gotta write angry." Like, no, you don't, because that's when you start to no, make sense, like yeah. make mistakes as you overdo it. You gotta, you almost gotta write offended, right? Like, how dare you think you can be in front of me? Like, have a chip on your shoulder, but don't be pissed because then you lose focus. And so, um, yeah, it's, yeah. But overall, it's just good to see Brandon do well. Yeah, Johnny Lewis, he was man, I want to I want to say he was up in 5th or 6th at some point. Like he was yep. farther yeah, up in the main event. I'm looking now, he faded really really hard in the main event. Um he was 23 seconds back, but he was 5 seconds back from Brandon. I don't know what lap Brandon got by Johnny, but it looked like it looking here, it looks like Ben Lau and Scooter were right on him at the finish as well. So yeah, I mean, I I know Johnny's a talented. He's he's good on TTs just with his background in supermoto and he's a good moto rider and, and things like that. But for whatever reason, he he has sometimes he has a hard time in main events toward the end just kind of I don't know if it's, you know, stuff with the bike or conditioning or what, but he definitely faded in the main event. Uh it wouldn't have surprised well, me to see him do better on this TT just just because of of that the, background, uh... but well, what's the buzzword for our podcast when Corey says that everybody has to take a shot? What's the buzzword? It's accountability, right? And so I think if you're going to, you know, work up there, you're going to have like, you know, all the stuff about like eating right and being like fit and stuff. And I don't know, I just I'm I'm looking for him to not fade. I don't think it's out of line to say it's quite obvious that Johnny fades in a lot of races. And I just wonder if there just needs to be a reset on like the training or if it, I, I don't buy that it's the bike. Cause that bike is a good bike. And so I, there's something missing in that program and I'll be the one to look for the accountability. I mean, what are they going to do? Yell at me. It's fine. I just, it's just what I see as a spectator. So I don't know if you have anything to say on that. Uh, no, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't talk to Johnny really that much. I mean, we're cool, I, I think, but I, I, uh, I don't know exactly what, what goes on there. I mean, I have noticed bracing with him toward the end of the race that, uh, he's, he's not as strong as he is at the beginning of the race, but I will say he's very good at the beginning of races. He's very aggressive. He's, uh, he's very hard to pass, man. He makes life hell for anybody near him. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually entertaining <laughs> to watch because, he literally, you could be 30 seconds a lot faster than Johnny. He doesn't give a fuck. Like if you pass him high, he's running up the inside. I mean, it could be at a moto track and Tomac's rolling him around the outside and he'll just run it in the next corner and just give you the work. <laughs> he does not care about any of that. So that's a testament to, to him as well. And there's been a lot of moments, even in production twins, I never really let it bother me too much. I mean, where he would, I'd pass him. I clearly had speed on him. I'd pass him and he'd run it up the inside of me and slice my front wheel. And there was one time at Charlotte where he did it. Um, and I passed him back and I kind of looked over at him like, damn dude, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It was, yeah, I, I don't know what, it, what he's struggling with, but I mean, his results are, they're still decent. Like he's not, I mean, he's in eighth mm -hmm. place. He's, yep. he's, he's a good rider, but I think he could do better for sure. If, if he figured out a couple of those, uh, those things he's, he deals with later in the main event. Um, ben Lau and ninth, um, you know, another subpar finish for Ben. I thought these TTs would have been really good for him. He's still a really good rider and he's not even, I've talked to him. He's not even sure what he's missing. He's like, man, I feel good. I, I don't understand. I, you know, I think he, he's not overly comfortable on the Indian motorcycle, but 
I don't think he'd be, I don't think it's a better move for him to go back to the Yamaha. I think, I think the Indian motorcycle is, is a good option for him. I think Brackley's a good team, but yeah, he just needs to get through this season and do a reset and, and think about things he needs to do to, to improve, honestly. So it's kind of like what you're saying in the singles class where you're like, you don't see a lot of the Yamahas and compare that to Essenson. I mean, love um, G and G racing and, and stuff like that, but it's almost like if you don't have the resources that essence and racing has, is the Yamaha really going to be a better platform than the Indian? You have a lot of experience on them. So I, I prop that question up to you. What do you think? I think the ceiling is higher for Ben on an Indian than if he were to do a privateer Yamaha. So. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think for sure on all the, on most of the tracks that aren't, that aren't on a mile. I mean, I still think the Indian motorcycle, if you're not Jared, it's, it's, it's not as, not even close to being as, as good as it was restricted. So I think Mises team has done a good job figuring that out, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what, what a good option is. I just know that the essence and bikes are so good. And if you take Mies out of the picture, yeah. if you take me, and Briar out of the picture, nobody's even close. And Let's nope. not fact. Let's factor in that Mies is an you know eight or nine. I, I, I he's an eight time champion. I whatever it is, one of the best <laughs> riders to ever race. He's got Kenny Tolbert, the best tuner. Sorry, Bill Warner. I think Tolbert's better. I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> I think Tolbert is an overall better, what better balanced tuner. It's you know Warner, you're second. It's not you know Silver. Second ain't bad. <laughs> you're still very very intelligent. I, I I have a lot of respect for Warner, but I think Tolbert's the best. So you got the best tuner, one of the best riders, eight-time champ, and then you have Briar, who is literally, say I'm biased because my brother-in-law, but he is the most talented dirt tracker, all-around rider I think I've ever seen. Um, Ricky Graham, and you know they, he was phenomen- phenomenally talented. I just fucked that up. But talented as well, as well-rounded as Briar is, he's unreal, and they're they're doing everything they can. You take those two out of the picture nobody rider or motorcycle is really even close to the essence and riders. So I don't know, man, I don't know what the, what the play call is. I know if I was a rider in this series, I would be discouraged. It's just trying to trying to, I mean, I, I want them to be all more so on equal equipment. I want, I want there to be kind of a stock standard ECU, no TC, um, I want them, to, I want AFT to kind of look at what Moto America does in their twins cup and what they do in their stock 1000 class and just make it, make it more affordable and a level playing field for everybody. Um, I think that's, it's probably an just obvious. Do what, uh, just do what Moto two does and just everybody have a triumph twin engine, right? That's it. That's it. I'm not, that's not a market. I mean, you can honestly look at what hooligan racing does. I'm not saying yeah. like the Harleys, but you could look at a lot of the hooligan bikes and, and I don't know, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, you asked the, you know, what's a better platform for a privateer, I think was your initial question. And I don't have an answer yeah. on that, man. I really don't. So I just know that the, some of the bikes are way better in this class than, than the others. I mean, you, it's not like these riders aren't talented. You have Halbert Wiles, B Rob and you know Fisher and Briar. It's these guys are fucking good. I mean, even Bronson. Like I, 
it's it's crazy how much Bronson's struggling right now. It's tough to see because I know I ride with Bronson. I've ridden with him his whole life, and it's not like he had one good year or one year where he was fast. Like, dude, that that kid's a fucking good rider, and he's he just was really out of Spokane struggling. this last <clears throat> Wednesday, and it was just kind of like a oh shit, yeah, I forgot. Bronson's fucking talented. Like, don't get me wrong. That's Cody's home track, right? So if you guys don't know, there was an outlaw race Wednesday, um, you know, before this, uh, the Castle Rock race and a bunch of guys showed up and Bronson was there and he was, he was there with Cody and like, I mean, just like shit, he's fast. So um, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not easy to quantify, like quantify what's going on with uh, Bronson in this season, but that dude is good. Yeah, well, we got way off topic here. Let's swing back into the, into the results. We have Scooter That's what Vernon. we're good at. Yeah, Scooter Vernon in 10th, man. Huge shout out to him. He was, well, like, yeah. qualifying multiple sessions. Mm-hmm. That was, and then I saw he was on the same bike that Andy, was that the same bike that Debrino rode last year? Yeah, so that's Debrino Savage Custom Built Bike, um, and he sold it to Stace Richmond. Um, he races with me in the GNHC West. So all you Harley guys that want to really get mad at the KTMs and Stace, here's your opportunity. You've got a hooligan bike making top 10 super twins. Just let the forums explode. Have yeah, top 10 and super twins, but he qualified fourth. I mean, I think that's something yeah. AFT could, they could look at, man. It's like, and he's not even a full-time rider. He's, I think he's my age. He's, he's, I, this might, uh, he's I think older. this was, he's, all right, well, he's, he's 41. Whatever. I mean, this is his best ever result, and he did it on a yeah. hooligan bike. Uh, I think this is something you look at for your rules. Like, dude, it's guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much. I'm sure that bike has a lot into it, but it's literally, and honestly, hooligan rules, it could, you could look at that, too. It's like, okay, <laughs> what, do we, what do we do for this? But uh, aside from that, Scooter is a good rider, and he rode really well. I think he could have did better, but he pitched it pitched it away in, in the heat race or semi. Yeah. I don't even know what they call him anymore, but pitched it away and i think he had to come from the back but his speed was decent i mean he's more than decent he had really good speed he just yeah correct me if i'm wrong but he's done a couple other rounds this year and if i and i've been wrong many times but i think the last time he rode he was on that uh, kawasaki and i thought for like he was like the last cowie on the lead lap for like if he didn't finish it like he, he at least showed that like you know he 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 maxed out that ninja so, I mean, and now yeah. he's on the KTM. He's fucking good. Yeah, no, that was interesting for sure to see him do so well. Um, going into Colby, Colby in 11th, Vanderkoy in 12th. I I thought Vanderkoy was farther up than this. When I looked at the results, I think I looked at him yesterday again. Uh, I scanned through. I was like, dang, I thought Jared was was farther up than that. So I don't know, I don't know what he struggled with there in the main event. But I mean, again, you look at these lap times. He did a twenty three eight. Colby did a twenty three seven. Davis's best lap was a twenty three eight. He got fifth. Colby was eleventh. He had a better better lap time than Davis. So I don't know, man. It's it's it, this Castle Rock results like the results versus the lap time thing can be really interesting. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened with Jared. I didn't. I, now I'm thinking of it. I don't know. He just twelfth was was the result. I, I definitely thought he had, I could have sworn he had more speed than that throughout the day. He's really good TT rider. So yeah, it's definitely a, a bummer for, for JV. Uh, Shelby Miller in 13th, Ryan Wells, 14th, Cisco in 15th. We talked about Bronson in 16th. 
Michael Hill, 17th. It was cool to see him back out there again. I think he was out at the, he was at Rapid City or yeah, Rapid City mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it was cool yeah. to see him, him out there. And then Briar, man, he, he had, I think he fell down once or twice and had some bike issues and didn't finish the main event, which is a huge bummer. I was, you know, he's fight was fighting for third points with JD and this definitely hurt, hurt for well. But I think that again, Briar, he's going to reset pretty hard here and try to get ready for next year. But yeah, interesting. Have you, uh, interesting main event. <laughs> have you have you uh, heard from Bronson though? Did you see the uh, introduction and how just god awful and upset he looked? Like I was, like, yeah, no, I love it. About like, yep, yeah, I was. Yeah, like, I loved it. We talked I about mean, grumpy yeah. kitty. Now he's yep. not happy being that bar back. No, it's good, man. I I think it's weird, honestly, when people are you know smiling and stoked to uh, take a provisional or or what have you. So no, I I love that. I mean, it's. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to say. I loved it. I thought it was cool. I mean, not cool, but I thought it was par for the course. I mean, if you're yeah, if you're content I I riding in the back of the pack, then sure, I guess it depends what your goals are. But Bronson's won. He's won IFT nationals, and he's you know he's finished third in the points, and he's a proven proven contender. So yeah, he's pissed off. So good, good for him, man. I love it. So uh, going into the points, man, I, I said we'd circle around and talk about Springfield a little bit here. Uh, we got Meese and Daniels. One point, man. What more can you ask for? One point separating the sophomore, young. I think he's still a teenager. He might be 20. I don't know how old he is. Uh, and then you his, have, uh, yeah, his goatee says he's still a teenager. <laughs> he's, I, I don't know how old he is, man. Honestly, I think he's, I, yeah, he I, just, I don't know either. 20. Uh, yeah, he was born in, Ju- yes, he was born in June. So he's, so he's 20. Now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's 20. Uh, that's what one of his IDs say, I guess. He's 20. <laughs> uh, so 20, got the 20-year-old Dallas versus the, fuck, dude, I don't know how old Meese is. Look here. He's 86, so he's, what, 36? Holy shit. Man. His birthday is one day before mine. That's why he's so fast. Cool. You okay, guys should make cool. out. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Meese, yeah, Meese versus Daniels. Indian motorcycle versus Yamaha. I think it's so intriguing the narrative going into Springfield Mile doubleheader. Just looking at the motorcycles from last year, this advantage would have been clearly like looking at the schedule prior yeah, to the season. Yeah. I thought the advantage was clearly for the Yamaha. And and this is just Tolbert. This is a kudos to Tolbert and their team. Because the other Indian motorcycles, they're really not that close. Um, Tolbert, whatever they did, you give him a full season to figure it out. That's what great mechanics do. So giving them the one millimeter back, it's not like that helped them tremendously. I think they would have been pretty damn close regardless leading into the miles. Because we didn't see a mile race with what they had come up with prior to giving them that millimeter back. Now it's like, I don't know who has the advantage. I think it's crazy to say that the restricted Indian motorcycle has the advantage, but the one thing about Springfield, man, and I've, I've learned as a rider, it's not, it's not a horsepower mile. I mean, you can absolutely have too much horsepower there. And I just think the way Jared rides it, I think he's the favorite going into Springfield. But with that being said, he has to beat an essence in Yamaha on the mile, like two days on the mile. I mean, they're going to show up with fucking 20 people in that pit, <laughs> his teammate, 
and everybody around, they don't have a limited, they have an unlimited budget. They are showing up there. They can smell, Tim can smell a championship. And I just, I love the, just the, the, oh man, just Tim and Essenson and Dallas and their whole team, Tommy Hayden, Nick Daniels, James Hart. They have a fucking entourage. Dallas yeah. is from Springfield. And then you have nope. Jared Meese, an eight-time the champ. promoter. Kenny Tolbert. He's the promoter. The promoter. <laughs> but they have Kenny Tolbert, Jimmy Wood, Craig Rogers. Uh, and he's got the backing of Indian Motorcycle. And they are just going to blows on Springfield Mile. And I say that not in a way that they're going to hopefully not slice each other around. But it's going to be interesting, uh, dude. Yeah. It's, it's I think be... this is what our sport needs to kind of quell that that narrative that like oh the singles are the premier class like i i i've never bought it i still don't buy it uh i still have a lot of uh you know i support and love a lot of the riders in the singles class but this storyline of the super twins is what you know gets me driving my ass all the way back home to springfield to watch this race like you know like i'm not gonna miss this it's uh it's just it's our sport needed a storyline like this so hats off to tim essenson for writing this year's script yeah, and even last well, <laughs> I didn't even hear that. <laughs> Marty on to the next thing. Uh, even last year, like we didn't race. I don't think they raced the main event and the mile. I think nope. it rained out. But B Rob actually won the dash. B Rob won the dash. Jared was second. JD and Dallas were third and fourth, and they kind of really they were not really right there. Like Brandon and Jared pulled away. I'm looking in the semi here. Dallas won the one semi over B Rob. Um, his best lap was a 36, three and Meese won the other one over JD. He did a 35, nine. So it's going to be interesting, man. I obviously we'll talk about it more leading up to it, but it's cool. Last thing I'll say is that let's just, let's, you know, last year, Jesse Janish ruined the party when he blew his engine up and and they had to like delay it. No. So I just, I had, I was, you were talking about last year's race and I was just thinking about like, Oh yeah, they would have got main in beat the rain but jesse said hold on <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i i honestly that i forget all i forgot all about that whole deal that uh yeah. that we didn't get that super twins main in we got my main event in it was not pretty from from my point of view i remember yeah i was yeah, in yeah. i forget what place i was in and jesse blew up and kristen came over you got she said something like you gotta be you know excited that he broke i don't think she worded it that way she worded it differently and I'm like, I, I don't care, dude. I'm fucking, I'm in 30th place right now. I, I don't care. I just want to finish better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it was overall really cool Castle Rock event. Hats off. It was, uh, I wish the racing was better. I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer for it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably some things they could I do. give it a B. Maybe throw a I joker a lane That's... in there. I mean. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't know. Fine. I don't know what they would do for that for that place to make the racing better. But yeah, again, it's it all depends what you define good racing. And, you know, it's uh people have different opinions on it. But yeah. Uh we got some interview pods coming up. I got some really good ones. I'm I've talked yep. about them a little bit, but we we gotta get those in this week because I have we're gonna get a couple of them in this week, hopefully. Cause I like I said, I'm going out to Moto America in Pittsburgh. I have Hagerstown coming up, guys. Hagerstown Flat Track. It's less than two weeks away. It's August 25th and 26th. 
bikes back on track at Hagerstown Speedway in Hagerstown, Maryland. If you're interested in the event, check out CoreyTexterPromotions.com. We have a lot of really cool things planned for that race. I'm super stressed. I, I'm hoping it's a good event and everybody, the riders, I, I know they're going to love the racetrack. It's one of the best racetracks in the country and it's an AMA featured event. We're giving out 16 number one plates. We're giving out, we're paying a lot of money to the expert riders and amateur dash for cash. And we added a Will Davis elimination dash, which is, I'm really excited about my buddy Cole Davis is uh, a Will's son and he reached out and it's actually the first day of the event. August 25th is, is uh, the anniversary of when we lost Will Davis. I, I didn't even put two and two together and he reached out and, you know, we talked and we decided we want to honor Will, man. I'm super humbled to, you know, I grew up a, I'm a camel pro kid. I grew up at the racetrack in the nineties and Will was one of my favorite riders to watch, especially now. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's fair for me to say that I think my riding style is very similar to Will just because he's, he's a legend. And I don't know if, if I did enough to make my mark even close to, I know I didn't, you know, get it close to where Will was, but I think riding style, he was one rider that I really tried to mimic and he was just so smooth on the bike and calculated and just, I loved watching Will Davis. So I'm super honored to have a dash for cash in, in uh, memory of Will. That's freaking awesome. So appreciate Cole for, helping put that together and people that donated Rod Lake and Pat Maroney and Dick Ford. So many people have stepped up. So it's just another opportunity for the expert riders to make some money. We have the Ryan Varnes Memorial dash for cash on Saturday. We added the Will Davis dash for cash on Friday, where we're going to line up six riders. We're going to do a two lap. We're going to do a 10 lap dash. Every two laps, the checkered flags coming out, the rider and lash, you get eliminated. We're going to line the remaining riders up two laps, checkered flag, the rider and last gets eliminated until we have a winner. So um, we have a Steve Connolly Memorial amateur dash for cash. There's just a lot going on at Hagerstown and hopefully we can see a lot of you guys there. I'm really excited for it. And then Eric as well, this weekend we have, we've been promoting it all summer and it's here. It's the mile high showdown in Erie, Colorado, August 19th. Check out their social media pages, mile high showdown Big hooligan purse, $1,500. That's sizable, man. That's a good chunk of money. And then we also have some money donated from Killjoy Racing for the highest for, for the highest top five finisher on a hooligan bike. And then as well, for, well, it's got to be 10 years or younger. Make sure that's in there as well. Yeah, so like the uh, the 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 cheater bikes and the uh, also the the rubber, what are they called? Rubber mount frames or whatever, the, the XGs and stuff. Yeah, so the newer hooligans. <laughs> yeah. And then they're also throwing in $500 to the existing pro purse. So if any of the pro riders are heading back from the land of Castle Rock, make sure you check it out and stop in and support that race. It's a, it's a really cool event from what I hear. I wish I was, wish I could check it out maybe one year. Colorado is a pretty cool, pretty cool area. It's a, so. Yeah, it's a great track. And Paul um, knows how to, knows how to handle promoting stuff. And so it's, uh, I'm super excited for, uh, him to put this event on so definitely reach out uh to him if you have any questions and uh get that bike to uh colorado yeah and one more thing i wanted to talk about before we wrap this up is i see stuff on uh facebook like fans commenting and discussing things and stuff like that and i try to stay out of it for the most part just because i'll take notes and i'll just address it on the podcast where this week i saw it was on the rider files which is larry lawrence's website he's been a longtime contributor for cycle news and 
photographer and journalist, and he does a lot of really cool things with his website, The Rider Files. But they were talking about the Grand Slam, and they talked about the Grand Slam and quote-unquote hitting for the cycle. And basically, Dallas Daniels, he with his TT win, he's now won a TT short track mile and a half mile. And I think he did it in one season, right? He won Daytona short track. He won Ventura short track Bridgeport half mile. Okay. So he didn't do it in one season, but he won a couple miles last year where he's already won the four disciplines offered in flat track right now. And it goes back to the grand slam and dirt track was when back in the day, when road racing was part of the grand national championship, if you won all four disciplines and also won on a road race, you were considered a grand slam winner. And it's a lot different now because we don't offer road racing in the flat track championship. So you can't technically quote unquote, win the grand slam, but sometimes they still call it, a grand slam without the road racing part of it. It drives history people insane. It, they literally lo- lose it when, you know, it's not a grand slam. They didn't win a road race. And it's like JD, I even saw the take <clears throat> where JD won a superbike race last year, which in my opinion, and it's not even really an argument, it's way harder to win a superbike race now as a flat track rider than it was back in the day. Just because now hear me out. Everybody is so focused on one discipline where back in the day you could show up as a dirt tracker at a road race and finish pretty well. I mean, it wasn't that much different. I mean, riders back then just started dragging their knee. I mean, they weren't even, I mean, I think Kenny Roberts was one of the early pioneers of basically dragging your knee. I mean, Cruz drags his knee. You know what I mean? It's like back then it was like, Oh, he just drug his knee. It's like, it was way different for, it was a way different style of road racing than it is now. Now these road racers are absolutely insane, dedicated to their craft and they're dragging their head on the pavement. Now their elbow, it's just so different. Um, what JD did is actually, I think it's, it's more remarkable than the riders that achieved it back in the day. And I'm not taking anything away from the grand slam winners because dude, it's Dick man. It's Kenny Roberts. Bubba Schobert and Doug Chandler, literally four of the best riders to ever do it. But I guess my take on this whole deal is let's not stress out over like it doesn't take away from what the riders are doing that win or they, you know, they win the four disciplines offered. Now they, there's not an option for them to win a road race. It's just, if there was, it's still so different, Eric, than what it was. Back well, in the day. I think too, <laughs> Put Dallas on a goddamn road uh, bike. He's he's really good at road racing. Like, well, he's won a I junior mean, just, cup race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, let's just you know tell the old fuck. Well, same thing. Up. I mean, you throw Jared Meese on a road race bike or Briar. You don't think with a year of testing they're gonna figure it out? I mean, good riders <laughs> yeah. are good riders. Yeah. They'll figure anything out. But it's just everybody is so specialized in their craft. They don't. It's not like it's it's just different than it was back then. I mean, um, yeah, I think that's honestly a big reason why we see. Well, get me started. I'll, I'll get me started mm-hmm. on that topic, but it's a big reason we see Americans struggling overseas. Honestly, in the MotoGP stuff, it's just those overseas riders from a young age are just, dude. It's it's like Moto over here. I mean, it is 
insane training. I mean, they have to win or they don't feed their families. I mean, it's, it's actually crazy how invested road racing is overseas. And I think America, honestly, it's a little soft when it comes to going over there and the conditions they race in. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just different, but I just, it's just funny to, uh, to see that. I mean, one of the guys, you know, he said, uh, you know, Dallas won on all four disciplines, something Nice can't say. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's won on all four. And it's like, it's, I was like, you did it literally just, he's done it too. So it's that whole topic can definitely get people heated. The, uh, the old heads on Facebook. And I just think it's, it's just, you can't compare, you know, that winning a grand slam now to, I mean, back then it's just so different the, the way the, the riding is, you know? So, I don't know. Wanted to bring that. I also want to bring up that Kenny Roberts won a Grand Slam in a single season, which is, <laughs> which is crazy. And it, I'm looking here now. It looks like he did it on three different motorcycles. He won the, the Houston Short Track and the Half Mile. It was 1975. He won it on a Yamaha GXS1. He won the Indianapolis Mile and the Laguna Road Race on a TZ750. And then he won the Dallas Short Track on a YZ 360. So he wanted on three different what, what a, bikes. Didn't, um, essence and racing share earlier this season, uh, in his, uh, in his garage slash museum. Doesn't he own one of those Kenny Roberts bikes? I could have swore not that long ago. They posted that they had one of his bikes from the grand slam. Probably if anybody has yeah. it, he's the guy to have it. Tim's got a, an amazing yeah. collection of motorcycles. I'd love to check out his collection sometime. And, uh, Juan Gonzalez from Mission Foods. He's got a really amazing collection. I I was fortunate enough to see, and golly, he's got he's got some amazing F1 cars and motorcycles, and some really really cool bikes as well. So, uh, and I'm looking here now, and Bert Bert Sumner has an amazing website. We talk about it a lot, yeah. DairylandClassic.com. But 20 riders have won f- the four different flat track disciplines. He calls it hitting for the cycle. I. A lot of baseball references here. I think we're, I think it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, looking here, looking here now, Dallas just joined the list. Uh, Briar, prior to Dallas, we had Briar Bauman join the list. Jared Meese, Sammy Halbert, Jake Johnson, Joe Cop, Chris Carr, uh, and then down the list. But I think it's interesting too. Uh, Jake Johnson and Briar, they did it on three different brands of motorcycle. Briar did it on a Honda, Cowie, and Indian motorcycle. Jake did it on a Honda, Harley, and Suzuki. Uh, Joe Cop did it on three different brands. He did it on a Rotex, a Harley, a Honda. So, yeah, I think it's cool that they rode different brands so much. Fucking A, Alex Jorgensen did it on four different bikes. He did it on a Norton, a BSA, a Harley, and a Can-Am. That's really cool. Uh, dude, you could get on Bert's website and literally scroll for hours and just read all the info. It's, it's so yeah. Awesome. If you haven't been on his website, you need to. It's like old school, like with the web design, but it's it's awesome. It's just got so much information. So if you're a nerd, go check out that website for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. So anyway, appreciate all the fans for tuning in. We'll get some of these pods going. Appreciate everybody that subscribes, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. And we'll keep them coming, man. We'll keep them coming. We got, like I said, a few weeks off here from the Rewind Pods. We'll get some interview stuff coming. I got Ty Scott coming on, Tyler Scott. I'm really pumped for that one. And he's excited to get on. So I I love the excitement. We got Tyler Scott. I've talked to Sean Bear. We're going to get Sean Bear on as well. He's a very knowledgeable 
former racer, hooligan racer. I know we've been teasing that one for a while, so we'll get him on here in the next, eh, I would say in the next few days, we'll try and get that one done. I've talked to my buddy, Ricky Howerton. He's got some stuff he's working on it, Eric. Uh, and he wants to kind of drop one. some news yeah. on our podcast. We got some Ricky Howerton ah! news dropping, obviously. So that that's going to probably be very interesting for people. And I talked to Jimmy Felice. So Jimmy Felice, guys, legendary Jimmy Felice. I reached out to him. I actually got some inspiration from the, the Honda RS750 book that Motion Pro Chris Carter put out. And I was like, man, I'd love to have Jimmy Felice on. He's a former number 65 and reached out to him. And he said, absolutely. So we're going to try and get that one out here soon too. So we got some really good interview pods coming up. Make sure you subscribe to get early notifications on those. And yeah, bro. Appreciate you, man. I hope you, uh, your recovery's going well. Do you have a date on when you're going to ride or? Uh, Mil- yeah. So I should this. be, uh, yeah, I'm milking the shit out of it. No, I should be back racing, uh, for the Salem indoor series. Um, I did drive my truck for the first time, uh, today I had to go get something and I can bend my knee a little bit now. So day by day, uh, but until then I'll just keep bugging Lacey to, uh, you know, make me dinner and stuff. So it's awesome. I'm sure she fucking hates it, but I love it right now. Yeah. And a big, big <laughs> win for Oliver too, uh, over the weekend, yeah. got his first win yeah. on the Cobra, man. So that's awesome. He uh, did. Yeah. It's, it's way cooler than you, which I guess isn't uh, hard, is. but yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> He actually wins races, so we, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Good for him and can't wait, man. We'll keep these going and until next time, we out.